Uh, hello, Mr. Executive. Yes, hello. Hi, I'm, I work for the offices of Amblin Entertainment. Ever heard of us? I have. Wow. I'm very impressed. Yeah, so we were just wondering, do you like animatronic shits? Are you saying animatronic shit or an animatronic that has to relieve oh, himself? Like an animatronic or a, like a little person in a suit that looks like a shit. Okay. I'm sorry to, to bother yes. you. Uh, that's a really weird way to phrase that. Animatronic shits. So like just a big old a big old pile of shit that has machinery. That's and what are, that's what you're pitching. You? Good sir. Yeah. I, please. My name's Kevin Man Warren. I'm a cable boy. <laughs> I don't know oh. what I, what is a cable boy. Yeah, I am uh I'm from the future. Oh. And I and I just gotta tell you, being from the future, you gotta say yes to this right now. <laughs> if if you have an in on getting on the ground floor, uh, this is gonna make you a lot of money. Do it. Well, say I'm, yes. I'm actually more interested in this time travel plot. Uh, no, we... no. Oh, sorry, that's my floor. <laughs> <laughs> you lost your chance, bro. Drop that theme. Welcome back to the Cable Boys, the internet's only podcast about alien movies. That's right, Justin. We are just three little Reese's Pieces who like to watch movies from our childhood that were inappropriate for one reason or another. Like 1982's family space adventure, E.T., the extraterrestrial. Indeed, and we are so fortunate, so pleased, as Punch... To be joined by writer, author, uh, Tar Heel, <laughs> fellow uh, guy who gets called out for commercials uh, for unconventionally or not conventionally attractive. We are joined by Benjamin Green, everyone. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome, well, I Ben. I thought Green. you were going to say introduce Michael Jordan when you said Tar Heel. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. Yeah, we were in this all the same classes. Yeah, you guys, you guys <laughs> rocked the baby blues every night on the court, uh, and the court was uh, empirical geometry. Uh, ben Green, I'm a huge fan of you. Uh, you're very, Ditto. you're very funny. You're very sweet. Um, uh, can you please uh, tell us uh, why exactly, out of all the movies in the world, you picked E.T., the extraterrestrial, uh, to do on our podcast? Yeah, good question. So, because it was it was very not appropriate for me when I first saw it, um, and really I only saw like 10 minutes when <laughs> I was four, um, I, it was a sleepover at my grandfather's house, uh, like a sleepover with my cousin. And my cousin, who's five years older, uh, was watching E.T. And I said to my grandpa, can we please turn the channel? Like, <laughs> this is, I don't think this is right for me. I find this character very scary. Um, and my grandpa said, 
Uh, no, I think this is age-appropriate for you right now. E.T. is like a fine family film, so this this will be good for you. Uh, so I watched more, and I don't know if it was that night or soon after that I had a very traumatic E.T. nightmare oh. uh, that involved E.T. Uh, <laughs> snatching me, um, <laughs> like me wandering through the house at night, and then E.T., uh, grabbing me out of a closet uh into the closet um and it it was one of the scariest dreams of my childhood so my my grandfather made a bad call letting me watch et it was not appropriate for me they also made a bad call not letting you watch watch like a little bit longer and find out that (laughs) et is a perfect a perfect gentleman of an alien we didn't get to that. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to him being just sort of sweaty looking and like yeah. Justin said, a little bit like a turd. He's a wet turd. <laughs> See, I think yeah, he looks more it. like a turd at the end when he's like white, you know, like when dog. Oh, yeah. Poop. He, yeah. He's yeah. like a wet turd that's left out in the sun that turns mm. into a dry white poop. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think there's many points in the movie where he's really scary looking. Um, oh. But him dying is about the scariest. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think I think he's terrifying, not just because of his look and his overall waddle and just like just uh, the very creative character design wise. But the ability to elongate your neck uh, is not something of this world. And so that is very unsettling. But also the the timber of his scream. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. matched only by a young Drew Barrymore as equally terrified. Just a, just a back and forth of an awful sound. Yeah. How about his raspy little breath? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I kept thinking, he was like, he sounds like a Brooklyn cabbie from the 70s. He's like, where are you going? Go home. Gotta go home. <laughs> Who doesn't speak much English? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> Times Square. Times Square. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, Justin or uh, Ben, what is your relationship with the movie since uh, since you were terrified and couldn't sleep? I think I came back to it like six years later when I was 10 or 11, and it got to be one of my favorite movies. I had an E.T. poster in my room uh, really showing this doesn't scare me anymore. Yeah, I was going to say you probably like made a big show of it uh, with the people you were watching with. Like, I have no problems with this movie. I can watch yeah. the whole thing all the way through. I can watch this over and over. His face can be on my wall at night and I can sleep just fine. It's no big deal, even in a low light situation. Have you ever met anybody braver than me? (laughs) This movie's weird because I I feel like I haven't watched it since I was a kid, really. And I I don't remember the beginning at all. Mm -mm. Like it started and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I think I liked that it just starts. Like, it's kind of like, oh, they're landing on, they're just collecting shit. But I don't remember him like getting separated his family. Or I guess it's his family. I don't know what the fuck they are. Uh I don't remember the mom being left by the dad to go to Mexico with uh-huh. his new girlfriend, mm-hmm. which is like totally as a kid, like you're like, I don't I don't <laughs> give it two shits. Um and it's also it, the movie's weird to me because it's a, a considered a classic, but I found it kind of boring. <laughs> like oh, it's kind of slow and it's Especially as a kid's movie, there's not a lot of fun stuff. Like, there's like three fun scenes. Two of them are bikes, and the other one's him getting drunk. 
besides that, like not a lot happens in the movie. No, it requires a lot of patience as a movie, which is great for um, kids because kids have a ton of patience. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for today's kids. We watched. I watched it with my kid. I have a five-year-old, five-and-a-half-year-old, and a four-year-old. <laughs> my my da- any of my daughter was just like that was too long. Was her critique? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah she's really great at uh, picking up uh, editing cues. <laughs> well, we should we should uh, tell our audience that not every parent feels the same as Justin because Roger Ebert, uh, when this film was re-released for its 20th anniversary, his whole review uh, was a letter to his grandchildren uh, that was just about how much they enjoyed the movie. They were wrapped with attention for the entire time. Uh, uh, Spielberg was weaving a tale into their young minds. They got it all and uh, couldn't have been more excited about how it went down. See, I remember, I don't think I've seen this since I was six or something. Mm. And I remember being bored. I was like, this is, I need Terminator. <laughs> yeah. I need, uh, you know, stuff like that. But having rewatched, and I haven't watched it since. And, uh, and I probably always dismissed it a little bit. But rewatching it now, I was like, this is great. I yeah. love this movie. I, I love the way he shot it. This is like Sp- peak Spielberg to me. Of like, uh, I said to my wife at some point, I was like, he used to be the best at revealing things mm-hmm. and knowing when to show you stuff like with Jaws and, and E.T. Mm-hmm. and stuff, which is why I, I never liked Jurassic Park. I think he did the exact opposite. He showed you too much. Um, and it's also produced the hardest laugh I had in a while at the very <laughs> end because I completely forgot all this movie. It was like I watched yeah. a brand new movie. Mm-hmm. And the spaceship leaving in a cloud of rainbow <laughs> fucking had me rolling. <laughs> to the moon! I, almost, I honestly like didn't uh, put it together, but I really expected the the more you know. Oh, that's yeah. funny. That. <laughs> this movie didn't have a sequel, right? Or like any type of like cartoon or yeah. They there's left, a they novel. Oh. There's a novelization sequel. Um, I I think about his planet, right? Kevin, do you know? Yes, I do. Uh, there there was a novelization. Uh, they do go back to the home planet. There was a planned sequel. Uh, he wrote the idea with Melissa Matheson, the screenwriter of this film, and it was called uh, E.T. 2 Nocturnal Nightmares. <laughs> wow, I've had a few of those. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and essentially it was, uh, it didn't get made because it took away everything that was like heartwarming and wonderful <laughs> about E.T. Basically, um, that distress signal that E.T. sent was still going out. And so the kids are all bummed because like they miss their dear friend E.T., and they're just like, oh, man, I wish, like, our alien friend would show up. A spaceship lands. They're like, hooray. And then it's a weird uh, mutation of E.T.'s species. They're albinos. They have fangs. They have red. They have red eyes. And they proceed to capture the kids and torture them for information about where E.T. is. That's oh a good God. idea. Yeah, and then Elliot. Elliot screams so loudly that E.T. hears it, or feels it, rather, and so they come racing back and save the day. But yeah, uh, wisely, Spielberg sort of uh, put the kibosh <laughs> on that one. What are the alien names? Because they're, they're obviously not named E.T. Well, E.T. isn't named E.T. Uh, right. uh, that, that's just what the kid gives them. 
uh, his, uh, in the novelization slash in that later, uh, sequel idea, E.T.'s name is Zarek. Zarek. <laughs> Zarek. It's, That's pretty good. It's Z-R-E-K, and this is pre-Shrek. <laughs> hey, this is, hey, this if, is way... Hey, if you get, if you get <laughs> yeah. Zarek, you're going to have a, a nocturnal nightmare. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I didn't have, I couldn't find that particular uh, note page. It's called Nocturnal Fears, not uh, Nocturnal yeah. Nightmares. Again, still. Zarek 2. <laughs> Zarek 2. Uh, and then uh, recently there was also a commercial done that was sort of a spiritual sequel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was uh, directed uh, by Lance Accord, uh, mm-hmm. who is, yeah. uh, by, for one, known as the cinematographer of Mike's Buffalo favorite movie. Buffalo 66, baby. Buffalo 66. Well, of um, course, not, ac- not according to Vincent Gallo, though. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it was a... Uh, it was a high-speed internet commercial for Xfinity, and it's just E.T. coming back when Elliot is all grown, and he's like, man, things have changed since you've been here, and they play with, like, <laughs> VR headsets, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, like, it's even more cash-grabby and uh, product placement-y than, like, the Reese's Pieces. Than the original? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I just put this together, but... Um... Because they exist in the same universe as Star Wars. If E.T. on his planet learned to play saxophone, he could be a Zerect jizzer. <laughs> right? Because jizz, that's what the music's called on in Star Wars. Jizz. Why J-I-Z-Z. In one of the novelizations, that we the know. band. Matt Rebo plays oh, jizz. That was bad. All right. That was right. very, very bad. <laughs> I, I disagree. I agreed last week. I, uh-huh. I fight you on this one. Oh, uh, okay. Good job. <laughs> so I'm a little confused about uh, the overlapping with the Star Wars world. Mm-hmm. So this it's clear that E.T. is in, you know, Star Wars Episode One, mm-hmm. But this is a world where on Earth... Star Wars exists as a movie franchise, but yeah. also Star yeah. Wars is real. This is part of Mike hates this of the the fucking jacking off of all your friends of between yeah. like Spielberg Just the, the and like patting on the back that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg have been doing for forty five years. Even like <laughs> so, uh, so we a couple weeks ago with our guest Dan Oster did Poltergeist. Which Steven Spielberg was producing slash maybe directing. Listen to the episode if yep. you're curious. Uh, and then immediate, like, was doing pre-production on E.T. Went immediately into doing it. And there's... Would you ever do two movies in a row where you do the same sort of dick sucking? <laughs> just, like, yeah. back to back? Because, like, there's, like, a Star Wars bedspread. There's, like, a hip Wookiee jacket. And yep. now in this, he's just, like, introducing all the characters. But I, I I see what you're saying, Ben. It's uh, it is both part. It, I I guess I guess the what they're positing is that George Lucas knows something we don't. Yeah, which I guess makes sense if George Lucas had like a ET connection of his own, right? Yeah. Well, this was uh, so the idea for this um was based on an imaginary alien uh friend that Steven Spielberg created during his parents' divorce. And so what if 
Steven Spielberg was like, I had this friend and George Lucas said he wasn't imaginary. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, guys. Wow. wow. Cable boys. The Star Wars thing that was getting me angry in the movie. Oh, I love, uh, let me say again, I love E.T. Yeah. But I was... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't scare me at all. Both, so, both. Just, just, <laughs> just keep saying it, and it won't scare you. That's what I tell my daughter. Uh, <laughs> but it was getting me angry. The John Williams score is too close to Star it's Wars. Very close. Uh, mm. Like especially the um sort of what is it called the Im- Imperial March or mm-hmm. it's like it's a very the bad guy sting is way too close to the Star Wars bad guy yeah. sting mm-hmm. and that, it felt sloppy. There, yeah. there's also like in the same sort of hand holding way, like when the kid is dressed as Yoda and ET recognizes him, like they also play a little bit of Yoda's theme. They just like mm-hmm. loop into it, and it's like it's like John <laughs> Williams just winking at the audience, like yeah, I I've got so many hits, like uh, <laughs> that one's for the fans, you know. I mean it's. They're close enough to where my, like, again, my daughter, who's five and a half at the end said, that sounds like Star Wars. Or I was like, oh, well, unless that's like great, like that might be a genius thing to be like, hey, let's imprint these five notes on kids to where, you know, they know them all, but Mm -hmm. something, maybe something I didn't realize is that John Williams employs a thing called uh, poly... Polyamory? Is he polyamorous? (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, it's uh, it's it's using two different keys at the same time. It's like it's a polytonal score, so it's using the lidding lydian mode, but then it's also using an entirely different key. And the way that they like sort of rub up against each other and like go back and forth, it creates just this like triumphant feeling that you couldn't get with just uh, just a normal key. So yeah, like he he definitely has a signature sound, and it's uh, something that I can't actually wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. What would you guys say to your friend if they tried to touch your mom's butt? Oh my god, that was my scene that makes me go. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I would be mortified. First of all, my mom was older when she, so like she was like a grandma. Uh, I'd be like gross, but I never also grew up with any friends that I had, had one friend who had a hot mom. mom. Yeah, one friend who had a hot mom. And she had, and she was hot then, but there was a picture in his house of her younger that mm. was smoking. <laughs> like every time I walk, would walk in, I You did. still have it? Yikes. In here, bud. Yeah. Right <laughs> nice. in here. Yeah, I mean, every mom I grew up with was the same chain-smoking, bowling, coffee breath. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't imagine... Yeah. Well, you did grow up in an R. Crumb uh, cartoon, so... <laughs> <laughs> Not that far. I mean, Harvey Picar, more yeah. like it, but yeah. <laughs> and she's just like hey hey don't even try i was like how many times <laughs> has he done this yeah like, that was not that wasn't the right response either yeah, from her yeah you're just encouraged, like, yeah. yeah you're flirting with him don't play baby. coy yeah yeah, yeah fucking see thomas howell chill like a chill pill <laughs> oh speaking speaking of those friends uh there is a heated debate online uh, when, uh, when Elliot has already like, uh, brought the alien back, um, they're waiting for the bus outside, uh, and they like get into like a little argument. They're like making fun of him, And Elliot says no charisma, which is a D and D thing. But then the other kid says, uh, sinus supremus. 
Sinus Supremus. Do you, did you guys not hear that insult? No. He no. like he says it multiple times. So you guys had three chances uh, to hear it. Uh, but he says Sintus Supremus. In, in the subtitle, it says Sintus. I read somewhere that like in the script, it says Sinus. And no one can figure out what the fuck it means. <laughs> because it's not like... Because, uh, because it's a and d thing, everybody's like, oh, maybe it's an obscure character or a god or something. Mm-hmm. No D&D person knows what it is. Uh, other people are just saying like Sinus, like Sinus and Supremus. So they're just calling him Big Nose. But like there, uh, if you just search that term across message boards, people are perplexed and no one's talking about it. Like no one, I, no one has figured ooh. it out. Have we put, have we put Q on the case? <laughs> we have not. No. Oh. I know. It sounds like Greek or uh, Latin or something. They but checked, yeah, look- they checked Latin and they can't, they can't figure it out. Wow. Yeah. ET language. I, I think, scary. I think Latin, uh, the closest translation is Ash. But I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like just some bullshit. Like fucking, they threw out like Spielberg is just like I don't know, insult him with some kind of dorky Dungeons and Dragons insult. Yeah, like Dorcas like Malorcas. Yeah, is this the boy who's holding his groin like as he's um, <laughs> insulting Elliot? I believe that is the boy. He, yeah, he he's the one with the ball cap. Not not the one with the weird uh, C. Thomas Howell with the weird mask with the hole for the eyes. Oh, yeah. The fucking balaclava. Yeah. Like a rob a bank. (laughs) There was another scene with them uh, where obviously like the opening with uh, they're playing D&D. They don't want Elliot to play. Elliot's a little loser. And finally, the dungeon master is just like, all right, you can... You can play, but go wait for the pizza first. And then that same kid we're talking about goes like, yeah, get lots of pepperoni and sausage and not those little fishies. And I'm just like, <laughs> they ordered it, my the, man. Yeah, the like, pizza's there. Yeah. <laughs> also, I have a question about that. They get one pizza. One pizza is not good right. for f- like five boys. Let's, it's like, like a medium. Boys. That's like way too little. And he does gently put it on the grass. Yeah. So I didn't understand why it was so trampled on. It definitely yeah. wasn't ruined. Uh, the brother opens it up, takes one slice, and, and then just it. goes, way to go, Elliot. And then, like, <laughs> walks in holding a single slice. They yeah. just, they leave yeah. the box outside. There's no way I would ever, I remember getting a pizza when I was, like, 12 or something with my cousin. Like, we ordered one. And as soon as we, he, he grabbed it from the dude, he dropped it. And it, like, all stuck to the top. Wait, that whole fucking thing. Yeah, it looks, yeah. yeah. It looks so, like so good we're just scraping the cheese off the, the roof you know, i've eaten great. pizza where it's all slid off yeah, yeah you're just yeah. eating all of it yeah you're, just make a you're, calzone it's you're 16 it. yeah you 13, feel like not even like yeah you feel like a million bucks the next day mm-hmm. yeah also what is can anybody explain the geography of their house because they look like they're in the suburbs of like fucking sun valley or some fucking shit but for some reason in their backyard it backs up against a cornfield right oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. odd I was like, that's a dumb. I was like, oh, well, this is obviously a soundstage, but what a dumb design because it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, just so you can use, like, yeah, and then he gets lost in a corn maze. And you're like, yeah. Nobody was like, uh, where's corn the corn maze yet? There's no yeah. corn. Well, every everyone builds track housing in between the cornfield and the forest. Yeah. <laughs> like, just rub it up next to one another with a construction site in the middle to take your bikes. Am I crazy <laughs> that they filmed this close to where they filmed Poltergeist? They're, they're, they're the same neighborhood, it looks like, essentially. 
It's mm-hmm. possible. I, I think they filmed some in Tahunga Canyon. They filmed some up in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit all over the place. And then some at a um, one of like the, the ranches, like Disney Ranch or something. Now, to go back to the beginning, because this is where I think my biggest scene that makes me go, hmm, is... Scenes that make you go, Scenes that make you go, Scenes that make you go, And again, I haven't seen this in 36 years, so a lot of this was new to me. And from the beginning, when we were on the E.T.'s spaceships... I was like, oh, they're f- like foragers. They're like hippies, you know, because there's a lot of mushrooms. Really wanted to eat one of them. That had to be a real journey. And then there was a mossy tree sort of thing that had a, like moved its mouth. It was, it was cognizant. Yeah. I don't know how I felt about that. That seems a little <laughs> colonization. Like we took, we took the tree person. I didn't yeah. like that that one was alive. It's a little, uh, the Flight of the Navigator movie is like essentially like that of like, oh, this ship is flying around collecting samples. But in that movie, at the end, they're like, we're, we return all of the samples to their homes and the creatures. Like, Yeah, I have no evidence that they do that. So no. it's a yeah. little like we talked about Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, where you want to like this person. This is your hero that you're following. And right from the get-go, they say two of the worst things that you can possibly say to any (laughs) human being. (laughs) You're just like, ah, so are the ETs, like, capturing people? Yeah, they are enslaving these sentient trees (laughs) across the galaxy. To Mm -hmm. me, they felt like a very gentle, gentle species. And uh, the Wikipedia lists them as uh, alien botanists. So I think Mm -hmm. think maybe it's more of like a Venus flytrap scenario. I don't know. I think that thing was saying something. It looked like it was saying, like, help. It's what? Like, or something. Uh, was, uh, did the gummy hit a little bit early? Yeah, in the... he, he's clearly mouthing something like a hostage would. Like, if you looked at a hostage, and a hostage goes, like, he was doing that. So you're saying that the uh, the plant made direct eye contact with you. <laughs> yeah, he, he looked it, into your soul. He definitely uh-huh. said something that you couldn't quite decipher, but his mm-hmm. message was clear. Yeah. All right. And then this. And then this. <laughs> and then this led to, like so I was like oh they're like foragers they're like hippies. Um, E.T., like, he gets to Earth and has to figure out, like, a new diet system, and he eats nothing but crap. And I was thinking, like, oh, this is really the story of when a vegan goes off the rails. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he is just making himself sick with candy. And, right. Like, then he had to go to Houston to meet Dr. Now and my 600-pound life. I mean, <laughs> like, oh, my God. Can you imagine coming to Earth and the first thing you eat is Reese's Pieces? <laughs> Yeah. I was that confused me in that like Elliot was leaving them mm-hmm. and then when he made contact with ET he'd ET dropped a bunch yep. Yep. like he, he had been them. he had been collecting them instead of eating them but mm-hmm. then in the next scene Elliot lures him upstairs with Reese's pieces that he is clearly eating as soon as he gets them so I don't mm-hmm. I I don't I don't get I don't get the relationship. 
That would have been a good studio note. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, great movie. I uh, just uh, one thing. These Reese's pieces. Uh, what's he doing with them? Uh, ben, uh, did you have any? Um... Seeds that make you go. Well, along the lines of E.T.'s diet, I thought it was fun that E.T. was drunk for like all of Act Two. Yeah, <laughs> I, the, the amount of time that E.T. spends drunk in the movie was way longer than I remembered. Yeah, and like I, I guess just for his body weight, even though he look he looks like he carries it downstairs. <laughs> uh, I, I guess three beers will just like <laughs> let you coast for a while. We only saw him drink three beers. We don't know how many he actually had. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the mom is like not suspicious at all to find drunk beers in her house that she knows <laughs> yeah. she didn't that either her mm-hmm. 13-year-old, 9-year-old or 5-year-old has had. I think she might be a little on some pills or something, so she might have just chalked oh. it up to like a blackout of like maybe that was me. Maybe some some was up with the mom. That could be. Yeah. I mean she was on a hunt on Halloween. Oh man, yeah. that sexy cat outfit! Are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? Yeah, and she's she like, was... "You, you kids, go ahead. Just uh, stay together. Yeah. Be back after sundown. An hour yeah. after darkness. Yeah, I'm gonna light thirty candles for no fucking good reason, <laughs> just in case your dad comes home." Yeah, anyway. she <laughs> she also like was fielding a phone call from the school and they were like, your son's drunk and she's sniffing a beer can going like, are you sure you have the right son? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, yeah, she is not connecting very obvious dots. So while an alien wanders around her house and she misses him over and over. Yeah. Uh, I don't, so. I, <laughs> I, I think maybe, maybe that was a point being made just about how like little adults see if they don't want to. Cause uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, much like maybe um, that the ETs are slave traders. That maybe uh, the mom's not like a good parent. Maybe the dad left because he's like, yeah. no, you're you don't pay attention to anybody but yourself. <laughs> you're, you're 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 half naked in front of the boys' friends. You know, you're like you're making jokes about him touching your butt. I'm out of here, honey. You're a bad mom, and so I'm going to leave my three kids with you and go to Mexico with my girlfriend. <laughs> What I did like, though, which I thought was pretty funny, is that when they're in school, that whole drunk scene, how it's treated like a fucking Peanuts like cartoon, where you never see mm-hmm. the the teacher's face. It's all you don't, just... yeah, you don't see any adults until yeah. uh, I mean, until besides the mom. The mom. Yeah, besides, besides the mom. mom. Yeah, which yeah. is only a choice in like that scene. Maybe another one. Yeah, it's I felt really bad for that actor. Yeah, to <laughs> not get to have a face. That was uh, don't feel too bad. It was Harrison Ford. If the if the name didn't or uh, the voice didn't tip you off that uh, there there was definitely a cut scene uh, where he scolds the boy uh, for the commotion that he caused apparently like uh, freeing hundreds of frogs. There's like 16 kids tops in that class. And like when they are just like it's a rain of frogs. It's biblical times like when they let them all loose. No, I we never, never did that. I, I remember dissecting frogs, but they were already dead. I don't have to kill them. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and my teacher definitely didn't try to lighten the uh, blow by saying, like, here, I'm just putting chloroform in. They're not going to feel a thing. They're going to be just fine. And it's like, well, you're about to release fluids. You're about to take a knife <laughs> yeah. to them. It's not quite the same. 
And also a nice little cameo of uh, the girl he kisses. Yeah, Erica oh, yeah. yeah, I know. Wow. Second movie we've done with her. And they make it clear that she has a crush on Elliot, I think. Yeah. Like, it's... I I think in my memory, it um she wasn't as into it. Uh-huh. But it's clear that this is, like, a great day in her life. Yeah. She it's is definitely... Consensual. This feels consensual. Not like, yes. <laughs> she definitely, like, looks at him longingly, and they're, like, just, like, sharing, uh just, like stolen moments with each other until he looks at her super drunk. And then she's like, okay, I, I think I'm good. Aha, dropping thunder. I think my biggest scene that made me go, hmm. Is actually one of the most famous lines in all of American cinema. It's the scene where E.T., is like putting it all together and he's like home <laughs> phone and then like Drew Barrymore is like phone home phone home ET phone home and like Elliot's like ET phone home and they're like yeah we all get it and it's like it's a quotable line that everyone remembers and then Michael comes in the older brother and he just goes what's all this shit <laughs> like, like in the middle of a pivotal like everyone remembers like uh here's looking at you kid and then like another guy comes in it's like oh damn like <laughs> yeah what, what we had another example of that right in a past episode oh a famous line well yeah there's like def- a famous yeah. line in a movie and then it somebody comes in and completely undercuts it <laughs> oh man i can't i can't yeah what was that was. But yeah, like just I I uh I watched this a couple of times just because like I <laughs> uh I I like fell asleep watching it twice and every time this scene came up, I laughed so hard and it just got richer and richer. Just like, what's all this shit? <laughs> it, it was it was from Predator. Oh. Right? Yes. It was from Predator. Yeah. And what was the line? It was, the line was I I eat uh I eat ass for breakfast. What was it? <laughs> Like Marines, I eat Marines for breakfast, and then somebody was like, "Okay," (laughs) just completely undercuts it. Like we, oh, I I ain't got time to bleed. Right? Yeah, that's what it is. It's almost past my bedtime. I ain't got time to bleed. And then the the other guy goes, "What does that even mean?" Yeah, but we think we we can't remember. It's something like, uh, "Well, you got time to." Yeah, it's very funny. But yeah, I, I, uh, so many famous movie lines could just have like one guy just go like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" I'm not. I don't. Not sure. I understand ET's revelation. Like, it feels like is he learning about the idea of a communication device existing? <laughs> is that yeah. the phone <laughs> revelation? Like, he seems like he's like sort of a scientist kind of alien man who's able to rig up the technology. So why is like phone such a big deal to, to is it like just knowing how to say phone? You'd you'd think if he could uh fabricate a communication device, he's probably familiar with the concept. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Whatever technology is taking you across the galaxy, he's gotta be like, Oh, all I gotta do is just send up like they had to find Earth that way, right? Yeah, but there's no other hey, way they would have if yeah. you got stranded somewhere, could you build a phone? No. No. Well, just because you took the ride doesn't mean you know how the fucking car works. Am I yeah. near cans? No, you're on a, another island. Oh, uh, like two Space coconuts? Island. Yeah. I can make like a like coconut fun. 
Do I actually have to talk to someone or could I just yeah, no, have a phone? Can I talk to you? You're actually, hello, yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> well, can, in, I, can I play both people? In the meantime, uh, you can make, uh, yeah, there. there's a volleyball that washes up on shore. <laughs> and you can, you can talk to him for a while. I wonder how, like, were we close to uh, it not being a volleyball and like a Yoda doll or something? Like, oh my up? God, like, yeah. I, it's amazing that they didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of this movie just being inappropriate, and what I remember it being inappropriate for is him getting sick and dying. Oh, it's so yeah. Fuck, it's so, like, weirdly unnecessary, especially as gruesome as he looks. It's like, why did you have to make him, like, all the color drain from him? You could just left the puppet brown, and we would have been the same, like, and less scary and, like, less scarring for everyone who's ever watched it. He's also just like in a puddle, like down by the river, like yeah. under an underpass. Know, where it looks like it had like a hate crime feel to it. It was just like wow. <laughs> to just me, leaving him there. Yeah, yeah. It felt it felt like an OD victim, and I was just like, <laughs> oh dear God, why are we? <laughs> yeah, I know the movie's Philadelphia. All of a sudden, oh my! This I forgot. My biggest scene that makes me go hmm is. Why the fuck do fully dressed astronauts come to the house? Thank you. Thank you for saying <laughs> it's something. It's so <laughs> fucking stupid. Because then after that, we see everyone in like hazmat suits. Right. But fucking fully dressed astronauts? Like specifically, no specifically the ones that they wore on the moon, still with the American yeah, flag yeah. patch on the shoulder. They're they're basically from NASA, and they're just like, uh, how do aliens work? Can they change the atmosphere of a house? Are we going to be able to breathe in there? They should have brought the team from Species. Yeah, and like, why would you send astronauts? They're not like about that's not their job. It's not to, and, right. And why why was it so important to the mission to blindside the family? <laughs> yes, yeah. and. Mm. <laughs> They also grab through the window. Yeah, like she uh she left the house uh to go to go find the kids. Um and at that point, like they get all set up. They like go into the house, they like explore stuff because the house is unavailable. Uh they could have just stayed there and then she could have arrived yeah. and they would have been like, Hey, official business, ma'am. Uh your son has been lying to you. Yeah. What I'm saying is if you break this movie down, it's not that good. I know. We haven't said a lot of positive things. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's more like I fell asleep kind of watching it, too. I was like kind of in and out. And I think it's, there's something about it that's very soothing tonally. I feel like it's not like super highs. And like I said, nothing really happens. It's just expertly directed. Yeah. Like there might great. be like some holes and stuff. But yeah, just the way he paces everything uh -huh. and, and shoots it. And but yeah, there there's, does seem to be a lot of holes in this. I mean, I, I'll say this. It's tough to make me feel something. And I remember both as a kid being very moved uh, by uh, a child that I maybe saw a little bit of myself in, uh, finding um, a strange friend and losing it only to regain it again, uh, at, only to have to say goodbye. And that that is like... That is uh, one heartstring pull too many for this poor little Kevin. And I, I definitely remember crying as a kid. And if I uh, wasn't so jaded now, I would have cried today. Pussy alert. Pussy alert. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. 
I'm He's not working on it, Justin. Let him feel. I'm Let not him have some feels. I'm not going to pull that as a drop. There will there will not be a pussy alert drop. <laughs> yeah, don't worry for the we'll future. Live pussy alert drops. <laughs> uh, my final scene that makes me go hmm. It Scenes make you go. Is actually a sort of I, where I guess um. What is it? I was just confused because they run after the kids with guns, and I thought I wasn't supposed to see that. I thought they had edited that out. There's a version of the movie with a lot of this stuff taken yeah. out. The mm-hmm. penis breath is gone from a version. That's great. The guns are gone. So yeah, so that was uh, the 20th anniversary reissue, which happened in 2002. Uh, uh, purportedly, Steven Spielberg spent a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, doing this re-release, uh, several several things had just been bothering him, and so he wanted to change them. Keep in mind, at the time, uh, this unseated Star Wars as the highest grossing film mm-hmm. of all time, and he couldn't leave well enough alone. He's like, I, but it wasn't perfect. I yeah. could have made it a little bit better. What did they replace the guns with? Darth Maul dolls? Uh, <laughs> great question. Uh, they replaced them with uh, walkie-talkies. walkie-talkies. Everyone oh, okay. was still holding walkie-talkies, which an episode of South Park uh, actually did a very funny bit on this, uh, which was about both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg remaking their movies. And so they had a trailer for E.T., uh, the re-release, followed by Saving Private Ryan, the re-release. Uh, and they were like, we've changed the word Nazis to people with different political beliefs, and we've replaced <laughs> all of the guns with walkie-talkies. And so it's just that like that scene from Storming D-Day and like everybody just like uh, <laughs> firing walkie-talkies. Very, very funny. Uh, they had a couple additional scenes. Uh, they made a couple CGI enhancements to the E.T. puppet, but that was relatively light. Um, there was also a scene where E.T. took a bath. And yeah, I felt like that was missing from this one. Absolutely. The one that I saw. I would, because I was like, was... I've seen his naked body and it's only looked <laughs> wet. I'd prefer it to actually be wet. Uh, and the final thing that they did, uh, which is actually a scene that made me laugh probably the hardest, uh, which was the off-screen conversation when they're getting ready uh, to go trick-or-treating, where the mom, and I, I laughed so hard, I even wrote it down. Listen, Buster, you won't get four blocks in this neighborhood dressed like that. Please, no. And that's final. You are not going as a terrorist. But... <laughs> But all the guys are, uh, which also just like made me wonder, uh, cause then they cut to him and he's wearing camo pants. He's, uh, he's got like a painted on beard. He's got a bowler cap with a <laughs> knife going through it. And I'm like, how, how much of this was terrorist? And what are you telling people yeah. that you are now? Because the mom's fine with like letting you go. <laughs> he's a murdered hobo. I think is what he yeah. was. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, they changed it from terrorist uh because it was 2002 and instead it was hippie you're not, not going, going as a hippie you're not going as mm. a hippie no no son of mine is going to be a slacker who loves peace funny because all those guys used to be hippies and then they became insanely yeah. rich and we're like uh how much is our taxes are being taken out of my paycheck yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's go to the caymans 
But yeah, Steven Spielberg has since apologized uh, for that. A lot of people said that uh, it was an attempt to be politically correct. And since that time, he has pointed people that if you have the option, uh, go ahead and go for the 1982 one. Yeah, that was confusing. I, it did make me also think of, and I feel like we've maybe talked about this before, the ending of ALF. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it worth saying again? Sure. Yeah. Ben, uh, did you watch ALF when you were growing up? No, I want to hear this. So the very first episode of ALF is a lot like E.T. It's an alien who fall, you know, uh, falls in with a family and they hide him. They hide him from the FBI. And at some point in the pilot episode of E.T. or uh, of ALF, the family's talking to the FBI and they're still on the fence whether they should turn ALF in or not. And then the FBI says, or they ask, like, what would you do with them? And he goes, oh, we'd... Uh, We'd kill it and study it, you know, dissect it and see what it's made of. That's when the family's like, okay, we got to we gotta hide this little guy because he's cute. Cut to the last episode ever of ALF is a, the, the last episode is a part one cliffhanger. So the, the season was going to end on a cliffhanger and pick up the next season. And at the end of it, ALF gets caught by the FBI. And then that's it. And they didn't renew the show. Oh no! So we're just left to believe that <laughs> Alf is D E A D. Now I think really I think they came sad. back and brought like Alf in Hawaii or something, you know, like a like a like a made for NBC movie. But... Yeah, I think he ended up getting his high speed internet commercial <laughs> yeah, yeah. at some point. <laughs> Why even have the dog run up the fucking ramp at the end of the movie? That was stupid. I, yeah. I like to think that that just happened. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, if that's a happy accident, great. But I have a feeling they're like, and the dog runs I think, up, and the dog runs. Down. I think that and the raccoon. Uh, oh my god! Yes, we're raccoon both yeah. just happy accidents. <laughs> just like, just like pulling like, uh, like pulling part of his skull off. You see the foam just coming off. Man, yeah, that little raccoon is also just like looking directly into camera. He's just chilling. He's just like, hey. I'm on TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, did you guys, uh, back, back before we were talking about uh, different iterations of this, um, uh, uh, you said that there was a novelization. Um, and it was, uh, I, I found my notes. It was called E.T., The Book of the Green Planet, uh, published in 85, and uh, in the novel, E.T. or Zarek, um, he returns to his home planet, Brodo Asogi, but is subsequently demoted and sent into exile. Jeez, so he, he attempts to return to Earth by effectively breaking all of Brodo Asogi's laws. So many of these novelizations sound like that writer <laughs> had a failed novel. It was yeah. like, fuck it. I'm going to work. I've already done all yeah. the work on being exiled. Yeah. That's what's happening to Zerk, Zerk, Zertek or whatever yeah. his name is. Right. <laughs> I've always had that low key dream of, they, they don't make them anymore, but writing some of those novelizations. That'd be yeah. fun. Be fun to write like a Fast and the Furious novel. Oh yeah. That'd be great. Um, just gay fanfic? That'd be awesome. I would, that's all <laughs> sure, my, yeah. I mean, whoever, yeah. That's all mine would be. Like, it would just be that. Why not? Dom, Dom takes off his shirt. You ever see nipples this hard? 
So wait, you're making, wow, that's even harder to sell. So you're making like, uh, like smut? You're writing fan fiction smut? Well, just those scenes with Dom. I mean, I, I gotta be honest, I've never seen a Fast and the Furious, but I, is that part of the dynamic? No, but there's a lot of no. like, erotic tendencies in the movies. Oh, okay, because I, like. I was gonna say you do have to keep the audience in mind. There's They're sitting of, down like, to write, and there's and a lot of like long Paul Walker sucking his dick. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's maybe I'll watch him. That sounds more interesting. <laughs> well, wasn't that Fifty Shades of Grey? Didn't that start as yeah, fan fiction for Twilight? Uh-huh. Twilight porn. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So there's the market. Yeah. There's yeah. The market. Justin, if you think you're a writer, then I wasn't discouraging it. you. Put but your was, money where your mouth is. Thought, that's what Paul Walker said. Yeah, that's that's the fast, <laughs> fast and the Furious the novel. Put your money yeah. where your mouth is. The fierce and the furious. Ooh, the fist and the furious. The fist, yeah. The fuck, fuck you guys. Oh no, 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 no. The fist and the furry ass. Oh, I, I was <laughs> I was gonna say furry est, but yeah, furry ass is better. What's great is that this. Audience is getting even more narrow, but they'll buy it. They'll, yeah. All of them will buy it, hundred yeah. percent. Fist and the furry ass. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. And by the way, we're not considering our audience when uh, <laughs> when we're pitching this. Never take it. I was at a um, a bachelor party, like in like near Catalina once, and we stayed down there. And the next morning in the hotel, we all got up and we we're all super hungover. And there was like a Denny's in the hotel. And we're all just eating breakfast and, and drinking coffee and, and no one's really talking. Everyone's kind of looking down because we're so tired and whatever. And I like look around and I look at all the tables at this Denny's and I go, hey, has anyone else noticed we're the only non-furries here? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone looked up and everybody eating at this Denny's was in a full on furry costume. And it was the same night as a convention. And I watched like people like eat like with a fork, like, like an aardvark, you know, like sticking it like through the mask and they were committed. Yeah. I mean, like (laughs) if you're going to a convention and I'm assuming that a lot of people went by themselves and they met friends there, you don't uh, just like. (laughs) You think somebody came down like fully normally dressed and came down to the diner? Oh, Oh, shit. I ran back upstairs. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I, I think, I think you want to prove your commitment to the art form in this, like, uh, uh, you didn't want to be the first person to stop applauding Hitler, uh, at one of his rallies. You know, you don't want to be the first person to take off the furry attire. That's why it's really good. Is that a bit, is that from something? That's That's a really funny bit. Yeah. Because a bunch of people like, that's why the crowd seems so great. (laughs) (laughs) Really funny idea. Uh, in addition Back to novelist, two weeks from now, Mike's at the comedy festival, <laughs> Idaho, May twentieth to twenty second. Check it out. Uh, in addition to the novelization, and I'm sure uh, lunch boxes and all sorts of uh, apparel and uh, and little stuffed animals, they also made a video game for the Atari yes. twenty six hundred video game console. And it damn near killed the industry. Yeah. yeah. Biggest it, bomb ever, right? That's yeah. a good documentary, too. What What's the documentary? It's looking for all... Because the myth was always that they buried a bunch of them. And like the, mm. whole, the whole documentary is about looking for where those are buried. Right, yeah. Uh, in Ala, Alamogordo, New Mexico. Alamogordo, New Mexico, yeah. 
which I, I have order. I've definitely been been there and I didn't see nothing. That's where uh, my wife's family is. Oh, yeah. I made the news. Hot damn. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was uh, it, it did so well at the box office that they were just like, well, this video game is going to be an obvious hit. Uh, but because the movie wasn't released until June and they wanted to have it done before Christmas, uh, the negotiations for the fee, uh, for the licensing fee took too long. Uh, the programmer only had five weeks to put this movie (laughs) together or this video game. There's lots of glitches where you just fall into a hole that you can't see (laughs) if you like walk the wrong way. The whole thing is just about like, uh, collecting pieces of a phone and uh, trying to stay alive uh, by getting Reese's Pieces. Uh, It was one of the worst video games ever. Uh, uh, (laughs) Different retailers said that the only people who bought it were grandmothers. And so that's why (laughs) everyone just like returned it at the end. And it tanked. uh, uh, Atari ended up having to sell sell their holdings because Mm -hmm. it, it ruined the company so bad. And so I guess that documentary is about uh, when they were just getting rid of their their back shelf. Uh, the rumor was it was all E.T. cartridges, uh, but it ended up only being 10% of the dump. Yeah. But yeah, a uh, cautionary tale uh, to don't just attach yourself to a proven commodity. Uh, the audience will not o- always be there if you don't put in the effort. Am I crazy? Was there a Jaws video game? Like, yeah, there was, there was for right? sure. Mm-hmm. You're not crazy. Thanks. I don't. I don't think I ever played it. I'll the main one it. I played that would have been from a movie was Top Gun, mm. which is still the hardest game ever. I could. Use, I could do the first level, and this, I could never get to the second level because you had to refuel your fucking plane in the air, and it was impossible. If you could refuel and land that plane in the second level. A, uh, there was a knock at your door and it was from the air force and yeah. they're like you're in <laughs> yeah. uh one last thing i want to say i have been perplexed and intrigued for a very long time but not perplexed and intrigued enough to find out what the origin of it is i've always seen this image of michael jackson with et <laughs> with his hands on his shoulders and i've always just (laughs) it's like it's too good of a photo to be a photoshop and i've always just been like huh et and michael jackson i don't i don't know what it is but i'm not gonna look it up and in researching this podcast i finally found out do you guys do you guys know no, I know what you're talking about. I know the picture. I know the picture. Yeah, and yeah Michael, I know. The Michael picture. Jackson was probably like, "What are the kids like now?" Okay, I'm going to take a photo <laughs> with that. Yeah. Uh, so Michael Jackson uh, was asked. Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones was asked by Steven Spielberg to do a song for the ET, the extraterrestrial storybook album. Uh, they did one song, uh, which was called "Someone in the Dark." Uh, and it was a great song. Some people say it's one of his best ballads ever. Uh, he also reads the narration for the audiobook, um, and included in the package is this full size poster of Michael Jackson and E.T. Uh, during the recording of the narration, Jackson became so upset when E.T. died that he wept. 
Jones and Spielberg both felt that trying to record the part again would not change the pop star's emotional reaction and decided to leave the crying in the finished recording. Uh, apparently, Jones had recorded She's Out of My Life off the Off the Wall album, and the singer broke down, and like uh, they tried to do it over and over again, and he just cried every single time. So they're like, we're not doing another take. <laughs> so yeah uh, alert. Whoop, whoop. alert. <laughs> Michael Jackson has a, a real kinship uh, With the character of E.T. He's uh, said to say He's in a strange place And wants to be accepted Which is a situation that I've found myself in Many times when traveling from city to city All over the world He's most comfortable with children And I have a great love for kids He gives love and wants love in return Which is me and he has that superpower which lets him lift off and fly whenever he wants to get away from things on Earth. And I can identify with that. He and I are alike in many ways. They hooked him up to all kinds of machines. But he was fading. Like a star at morning. Let's pack him in ice. So they placed E.T. in a coffin of ice. But left Elliot alone with him. Because Elliot was the one he'd come to. Across the great ocean of time. Uh, the only thing else I was going to say about Michael Jackson was that they did that publicity shoot that we're talking about, the poster. Uh, and it was with an animatronic robot. And the character hugged Jackson. <laughs> and Jackson said, he was so real that I was talking to him. I kissed him before I left. The next day, I missed him. I, was so I don't know. Mad. I don't know, man. I would not. Have, I would not trade places to be Michael Jackson. No. What a what a sad story. It's a it very sad. sad story. Great music. Um, Great music, though. That makes me think. I think I I'd be remiss to not bring up that my mom, uh, as a as a young journalist, babysat Drew Barrymore, like, oh, right wow. around the age of her being in this movie. And she uh, Drew Barrymore. The thing she wanted to do was like play pretend that my mom was E.T. and like Drew Barrymore was herself. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) That's how enamored she was in the moment with E.T. Oh, man. Wow. Well, yeah, she, the way that she got the part was because of her active imagination. (laughs) Apparently she uh, auditioned for Poltergeist um, and she was just riffing. She was just like bebopping. She was scatting. Uh, And Mm -hmm. she was saying like, yeah, I'm in a band. I play drums for the Purple People Eaters. And uh, Steven Spielberg was just like, this bitch is crazy. And she's <laughs> and she is going in my movie, baby. Uh, all right. Let's go to reviews. Roger Ebert. Loved this movie. He gave it four stars. Roger writes, E.T. the Extraterrestrial is a reminder of what movies are for. Most movies are not for any one thing, of course. Some are to make us think. Some are to make us feel. Some to take us away from our problems. Some to help us examine them. What is enchanting about E.T. is that in some measure, it does all of those things. Beautiful. Well said. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Raj. And now to our heralded segment...
Everyone's a critic. Dave F. Gave this film one star. Dave F. (laughs) writes, This is such popular overrated garbage. (laughs) The first 30 minutes are probably the most boring of any movie ever. Most of the beginning is screaming or some other loud, obnoxious noises. Then there are a few brief special effects that are nothing special. Then there's a stupid giant scene about young kids preparing to cut open frogs and the frogs are later set free. Wait, what's this movie about again? E.T. itself is ugly and can't talk. It is supposedly a genius, but sometimes, but a moron the rest of the time. (laughs) Then there's the Halloween scenes, which might be the only remotely watchable part. There truly must have been nothing to do in 1982 in order for this really bad and boring movie to make a billion dollars. Dave F. also gave five stars to Primal Spirit Vegan Jerky Shiitake Mushroom (laughs) Classic Flavor. It's great stuff, but too much sodium. I still give it five stars. It's expensive, but it's really good. It's at least as good as beef jerky. It's got more sodium than it needs, but that can be removed by boiling it in water. Hmm. He said it twice, the sodium thing? Mm -hmm. He said it twice. He, uh... He's probably got eyeballs bulging out. Like, (laughs) yeah, cut down on that sodium, man. I can't imagine anything sadder than eating vegan jerky and boiling it in water beforehand. Like, it's already got to be a little bit flavorless. Yeah, and then just just soaking it, soaking it in in those bubbles. That one made me sad. Also, we have Brandon L. Harlow. One star. Spielberg is a hack. Reason number three. (laughs) Family tripe at its worst. So overrated and a complete bore. E.T. phone home. E.T. friend. E.T. want Reese's pieces. E.T. a Christ-like figure persecuted for being different. E.T. hurt cut finger. That about sums up the whole overblown experience. Brandon L. Harlow also gave five stars to My Life by Bill Clinton. The man! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Clinton rocks. Clinton still remains extremely popular after his eight years of remarkable peace and prosperity in the White House. And this book proves it. Despite the spear campaigns, the intrusive investigations and lies, Clinton rises above and reminds us all of a time when the people still had a voice in choosing their government. Fact. Budget allotted for the 9-11 Commission to investigate one of the most horrific atrocities in American history. $15 million. Budget allowed Ken Starr during the GOP's appallingly nasty effort to crucify Bill Clinton because he had mediocre oral sex in the Oval Office. $70 million. (laughs) But she might have been a... a, a, Phenomenal. Yeah, like, like Hooch. You know, who knows? So yeah, uh, Brandon L. Harlow. You know, politics, you can just swap out the names. It's everyone saying the exact same thing. <laughs> also, I have a, I have that book. I have an autographed copy of my life. Bill oh, Clinton's wow. I, I met Bill Clinton. autographed it? Bill Clinton. I met Bill Clinton. Barnes & Noble in New Orleans. Uh, what year? Uh, whenever that came out. I don't know what, what I can't remember. 2003, maybe? 2000. Wow. Did yeah. you ask him about the oral sex? 
<laughs> I, I I said, hey, e, hey, ET it, and then he put his finger out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> a plus sound I like that there were two setups <laughs> there <laughs> interconnecting I was doing one and you were doing one wow that's a uh, that fight we deserve more listeners just for Mind that meld. yeah no. yeah show up show up peep come th- roll through <laughs> Well, all right. Should we go down to uh, Pop Corner? Let's do it. That's the elevator. That's the wrong uh, Fred. Fred, you messed up. Uh, I'm going to give this movie uh, Reese's Pieces flavored popcorn. Mm. Uh, Because Reese's Pieces are the most overrated candy, maybe next to fucking. uh, No, they're, they're not good. Like Whoppers are also up there too, with like not good candy. Uh, Whoppers are like decent. Whoppers are decent. Yeah, but not. I don't want a bunch of Whoppers. Like I don't want to. But like I like peanut butter. I don't like peanut butter candy that much. I like uh, Reese's, like actual Reese's, but not the pieces. Both are better as like pies. Like if you get yes. like a Whopper pie. Yeah. Ooh, Reese's pieces have like a weird aftertaste. Like you eat them and you bite and they're so they're so small and just like you just crush them so soon. You get like a, a second of flavor and then you just are like chewing like uh gravel and it's like it has like a weird aftertaste. I like, don't know. Like, like you licked a paint can. There's like a weird like artificial chemical in it. And like Justin said, they've already mastered the peanut butter cups. Like yeah. just just the do what you do. Do. Yeah. do what you do. Leave that to M&M's. What do, what do you guys think about the peanut butter cups that have Reese's Pieces inside of them? Because that, that's the new development. V- visually, not appealing. Yeah. Also, uh, why? Looks like something else. Why? Well, that's, oh, a, yeah. that's a shame. I, I thought I, I didn't think I would be alone in liking Reese's Pieces. I think they're a, a nice, uh, different... Uh, When's the when, last time you bought some Reese's Pieces? Uh, probably the last time I was in a movie theater. <laughs> I, I just think, uh, I think if texturally you're looking for an M&M, but you're sick of, uh, just a standard chocolate, uh, and you, you want to spice up your life a little bit th- that get peanut butter M&Ms. They're yeah. 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 <laughs> 10 times better. I, I, I am impressed that no one says Reese's pieces. Well, I'm, oh, not, I'm not a moron. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's a that's a considerable portion of the population. It says Reese's pieces. Yeah, Reese's no. pieces. I, Reese's I, maybe the, pieces. Maybe the people that eat Reese's pieces. No, no, no. I think I think it's like mm. it it's an affliction in the same way that uh, like some people uh, taste soap when they eat cilantro. Mm. I I like these people. That's a mm, very I, that would endear me to anybody who did that. Reese's Pieces. Which part do you like, Ben? Uh, I, I mean, is like, it the like? I feel like if you storm the Capitol, you say Reese's Pieces. This sounds like a fun aunt to me. <laughs> <laughs> like an aunt who doesn't know what she got you. Like, like J- Justin off. might. Justin might still not be wrong about the Capitol siege part. I mean, there are probably some fun aunts <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. Like, aunt Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If somebody sieging the Capitol said. Uh, called it Reese's Pieces. I would say we have some stuff that we don't have in common, but we have some stuff. I still, I still love you. <laughs> some common ground. We can, we're across the aisle, the Reese's Pieces aisle. 
Uh, we sort of got derailed from the popcorn yeah, review, okay. uh, partially. Uh, I, I can go because mine, I, I felt like Justin almost was going to take it, but I have a complicated relationship with that idea. The people that do popcorn and then drop M&Ms in them. Mm. Like, I never think that I want that. It doesn't look good. It looks wrong. Like, that's all I would say. And then yet, when I have it, it's pretty damn good. I just don't want to, I don't want to, like, going to the movie theaters and buying a big thing of popcorn is bad enough at 42 years old. Because I just am like, this, fuck, what am I doing? I can't sit for two hours and not eat. So to add M&Ms to that is only worse. I would say, yeah, there's something uh, when somebody adds M&Ms to it, it seems very performative. Like, look at this thing I do, guys. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I put M&Ms in my popcorn. Aren't I clever and fun? Which is a little mm-hmm. like this movie. For me, this movie is a microwave bag of popcorn uh, from a trusted brand, say a Pop Secret or something like that. Something you haven't eaten in a very long time and you definitely remember a pleasurable experience, but you're like, I don't know, my taste buds have changed since then. Uh, I've I've grown. I have an adult's palate. And then I pop them. I pop them in my mouth. And I'm like, this is warm. This is toasty. This is buttery. This, I didn't even appreciate the texture back in the day. This is... This is a truly great snack. Thank you, Pop Secret. USC really critical nice. studies. Yep. <laughs> uh, ben, is. do you can you gleam what a popcorn review is? <laughs> yeah, I, for, I, for I me, hope so. Uh, th- this movie is uh, ET's long, spindly fingers uh, rustling through. Uh, container of popcorn. Uh, they're really freaky and scary. Uh, but when I'm also going in for some popcorn myself, I have a cut on my finger and he heals me. And uh, I've never felt better. That's wow. beautiful. Uh, you saying uh, E.T. and uh, long spindly finger uh, made me remember that you didn't even, uh, you, we didn't get to your other connection to E.T., uh, which you sent me a picture of uh, with uh, famed comedian Josh Sharp uh, posing with you. Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like these guys will be very excited to hear uh, your yeah. other connection. Well, my my drag performer name is Shiti, the sextraterrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I've only how did we lead with that? <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow. lead, Jesus Christ! I've only done it once, but I think there's a lot of um, performances coming. Uh, and I do. I have thought a lot about what Shiti would do on RuPaul's Drag Race if she ever made it on for a season. <laughs> I know in oh, in snatch features. in in snatch game she would uh, she t would be Miss Piggy. If that's, <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that's really funny. Do you guys have drag? Do you guys have drag names? Have you ever ever thought of what your name would be? I have one. It's uh, and it's partially because I was watching um, HBO's uh, uh, quality miniseries. Uh, I would go by the name Cher Noble. Uh, 
That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really good. Thanks, like guys. That. And yeah. then I could I could make a big show of like hair sort of like puffing out like in sort of a <laughs> mushroom cloud, uh, just like a big, big puffy wig. Yeah, do you do a a share? I uh, I'm I'm not willing. I'm not willing to try right now. Are you going to be in like those assless uh, leather chaps or whatever she wore? Well, Remember on the. I mean, what? I'm I'm going to have to bring so many different outfits. So yeah, yeah. like I'm going to run out unless I go assless chaps for at least a couple. Well, that's twice shares popped up in yeah, our wow. orbit. Wow, that's really weird. Hmm. Justin, do you have one? I don't have one. Uh, no, I have an awful one that I hope nobody has ever used, <laughs> which is not mine. But I and I like again. I hope nobody has ever used the drag name holly cost oh, be, oh my god wow <laughs> would be pretty bad all oh, right oh i mean i think i think she's Cher noble's drag sister yeah <laughs> we're yeah we're we're definitely from the same drag family uh wow that'd be that'd be the house bad. of horror the house yeah, of horror the house of horror <laughs> uh well i think that's been a it for us uh ben i can't thank you enough uh you're you're funny you're fresh. Uh, you're looking good these days. Uh, I I hope all is well. Uh, is there anything that you thank you so much? This was so much fun, you guys. Oh, oh, thanks thank for yeah, you. thanks for coming yeah, thanks on. Thanks for coming. Uh, is there anything that you would like to point our uh, listeners towards that you're working on or you're proud of or anything like that? A plug. The, the it's called the in the tour? industry. Uh, yeah, I would just say. Uh, Look out for Sheeti's performances <laughs> coming to a drag theater near you. That's really uh, funny. You really should do that. Yeah. You, uh, if you want to, uh, the funniest thing I've heard. <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> Sheeti. It's the sexiest her, her thing I've seen. Just starting. Uh, well, yeah. Um, uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, you're always a delight uh, in my ears and in my heart. Thank you for doing it. Uh, 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 because you've been so great, this is a great podcast, and I think our listeners will agree. So go ahead and subscribe to us and rate us five stars. Go to Instagram and do Instagrammy things. Uh, you can watch us on Twitch on Wednesdays, and that's pretty much it. Oh, our theme song's by Casey Trila, and I should mm-hmm. say it more because it's a fucking banger. Cable it's such a good theme song. Boy. The kid's got talent. He really does. Uh, So, yeah, Uh, for all of us at home and abroad, uh, eat shit, die, stay tuned. Bye.